Hey everyone, it's Mallow, your host of Identico After Dark and the creative director here for Identico. Before we get started, I just wanted to let you know that this episode is brought to you in part by Gamers Heaven and their newest location just north of Seattle, Washington. There, in a family-friendly and welcoming environment, you can play tabletop or video games, read manga, or just relax with friends and sample some amazing drinks from their boba tea bar. If you want to learn more, log on to GamersHeavenSeattle.com to see hours and location. Now let's get on with the show. Hello, Fringers. The following podcast may not be suitable for all ages. Listener discretion is advised. everyone we are live on the identico airwaves with an all new episode of identico after dark our live podcast where we talk about video games tv music movies and more my name is mallow i am one of your hosts tonight and i am joined by my co-conspirator for life it's alex the humanoid what's going on everybody hey we're having fun this week uh we're talking we're talking superheroes again this week I'm, I'm having fun. Welcome to everybody in chat. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube or listening to the podcast later, come join us live every week, 7 p.m. Pacific, twitch.tv slash identico. Uh, we, we have a lot of fun. We talk about all these fun things. And I see that you guys are listening to the podcast, and I see that you're watching the YouTube channel because I see the numbers. You're out there. I appreciate you. Just know. We, we see you. We appreciate you. We do appreciate you. Uh, before we get started tonight, you'll notice there's an affiliate link down below for Hero Forge. If you are thinking about buying any minis for your Identico games, uh, maybe go down there and tap that affiliate link, you know? Just uh, help out the show a little bit, because everything that y'all do helps us literally keep this going. Uh, we got they a little thing make, going. Oh, they do make good good minis for, for Identico, so here's like a cool sword-wielding cybernetic person with your camera doesn't want to zoom in at it my at camera all. It's does weird. not want yeah. to but <laughs> so these are actually the so they will do full color 3d print yes they will that are not painted but they're actually full rendered color in the 3d print i would probably throw maybe a wash on it but they're really solid quality yep um and they don't break they're very sturdy feeling um i really love the the hero forge stuff I might actually have to start putting the sponsored thing on this on this stream now. I don't know. Oh, you got the chain guy out again. Yeah. Heck yeah. yeah. And so, like, you got this guy on a motorcycle with a submachine gun and, like, a big chain sickle. Yeah. And it's and that one I did in the full 3D printed color. And, again, it's, it's really solid. Their designer is very intuitive. Yeah, they keep adding new stuff to this. I go in there and play a lot. Uh, they keep adding uh, new things to their designer all the time. And it's getting, yeah. you know, there's a ton of obviously like D&D and Pathfinder and, and all of that kind of stuff if you're into the medieval kind of side. Or if you like playing, you know, the cyberpunk with Identico and stuff like that, you can actually do both. They've got a lot of stuff for the, the cyberpunk and sci-fi kind of genres in there now, you can, which you can I'm fiddle so around. Yes. Uh, one of one of our one of the longtime Identico groups down in Olympia, they yep. made Rob's in there by using some of the heavier armor and stuff like that. So you can design Rob's for your Identico game. And now you can Hero make Forge. them to be XL. So you can do yeah. you can do Rob's at the correct height now in mm -hmm. Hero Forge. 
Uh, so go check out that link below uh, and, and give us a little, you know, hit, hook us up. They also, you can now get the STL files. I know a lot of people have 3D printers and stuff like that. No. So you can get the STL files and you just print them at home if you want to do it different ways too. So. They're not that expensive, the files. Yeah. No, they're actually they're actually pretty pretty inexpensive if you like to do the 3D printing yourself. Uh, so go check them out, Hero Forge. Um, also, if you want to support the show and you haven't already, go to playidentico.com. Uh, there you can find everything for the show, including which what we promised to you late last year was the errata document. It's coming. I worked on it today when I was supposed to be doing day job work, but it's coming along. Uh, I'm expanding the hacking section a ton. I came up with some crazy stuff in the shower last night. So we're now expanding the hacking section uh, even more, which honestly, uh, if you've been playing any of the games, uh, bit player who's in chat, uh, you know, you get a lot of those kind of things. It's going to be fun. I promise you. So now, just look now forward to that. If I'm wrong, some of the longtime followers of our game will recognize some things that got cut and maybe are making a comeback. Possibly. Uh, I think it will be alternate rules because I think we've introduced too many people to the current <laughs> rule set. Now we can't I, go back. We can. We can. <laughs> yes. Alternate rules. Some of y'all are going to see some stuff that, that we had talked about for a long time. Yeah. I don't know if the skill tree will make it back in this particular version yet, because there's a lot more work that would have to be done to make that work. Um, and too many people are really loving the intuitiveness of the point system. Uh, especially as we do the Thursday game at uh, at uh, Gamers Heaven so far. People yes. have really picked up on that and been able to sit down and the thing that I love about it is that, we, that we've we've had a lot of pl new players of that game and they've been able to sit down and do exactly like we used to do at cons. They sit down, they pick up a sheet and they're playing within like five minutes. Mm -hmm. They know what to do, it's intuitive, they're going for it, you know. So. <laughs> Thousand bits for speeding errata. I appreciate that tip. It's oh, coming. And, yep, and thank you for the uh, gifted sub, bit player with a gifted sub, and uh, tip with the gifted sub so far. So I appreciate that. See, this is the thing I like about doing the podcast. We can call it subs. When we're doing the live play RPGs, uh, it's hard to do the, the shout outs in those. So it is. But so that's it. That's all of our announcements. Uh, keep an eye out on the merch stores on all of those two, which I need to link down below as well. Uh, because some goodies I was told from the, uh, from the sticker fairy that some goodies are going to be delivered to my door tomorrow. Oh, um, that's fun. So yeah, there's going to be a lot of fun with that too. So take a look, uh, get a heads up to the store tomorrow. Cause it's going to be, uh, they're going to be more holographic. You guys tend to like the holographic stickers, I guess. So we're going to mm -hmm. do some more of those. It's going to be fun. Um, I think that's it. That's all we got for right now in terms of announcements and stuff. Tonight, we're we're all about uh, DC. We've been talking about Marvel for weeks and months. Now it's time to give DC some love. Even though I don't, I personally don't usually hang out in the DC universe that much. This is usually Alex's uh, claim to fame a bit on that side of the building. But uh, I will say that there's the new some new stuff that's come out lately that's been worth taking a look at. Uh, specifically, uh, DC Comics' new series, Naomi. Uh, and it's on the CW, which is where most of the DC, uh, stuff is. Except for Peacemaker's DC, right? Peacemaker's DC and Titans. And Titans. Titan is, yeah. Titans uh, and, and Peacemaker are the two that are ongoing that are not on that network. Yeah, Titans is on... What network is that on, if at all? Titans is on, uh, HBO. 
Oh, it's on HBO uh, Max as well. Okay, cool. Yes. Um, so it can have, you know, real violence and stuff. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, it can. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. In fact, one of the first... It was Dick Grayson saying F Batman. Oh, I remember that. But he didn't say it. Yeah. Yeah. So that was one of the first teasers is Robin beating the snot out of somebody. And this criminal guy's like, where's Batman? And he's like, F Batman. (laughs) I'm like, okay, that's Robin's story. Is F Batman. I mean, I kind of like that, though. It has Uh, the, the things that I've seen from Titans so far is it's like, it's got the dark humor of like an Umbrella Academy mixed with uh, tight, like the yeah. Teen Titans and stuff like that. And I and I really kind of appreciate that out of that show. Uh, yes. I'm a big fan and so it, far. It's an <laughs> like, show. You don't want to give away spoilers in, in this show. I know. It's I up to three seasons, too. I was looking to confirm... Yeah, and and here's the thing. It's a solid, it's a solid show, yeah. um, and also you'll you'll like it if you were a big Game of Thrones person because Jorah Mormont plays Bruce Wayne. Oh, really? An, I didn't know that. Interesting casting choice. Okay. Yeah, Jor- Jorah Mormont is Bruce Wayne in Titans. Yeah, he's Batman. I've just always appreciated. I love Teen Titans Go, which I know there's there's some. There's some weird people. They like people are like love hate on Teen Titans Go. I I really like it. I've always liked Raven uh, as a character, mm-hmm. uh, and so to see like a full on like, uh, you know, to see like a full on, uh, you know, Tegan Croft to kind of play uh, Raven. I thought you know it's kind of nice to see that on on live action at least. You know, um, mm-hmm. with a budget and stuff. So. Um. So why don't we go back, like, because you were the one that that tipped me off to the Naomi show because I was behind okay. on that because I'd been so Star Wars and Marvel focused. So tell tell the audience how you got on turned on to this show. Well, so my uh, my little one's name is Naomi. Uh, my little one is also black, uh, and also likes superheroes. So the first moment of frame one of this show. Uh, my daughter looked at me and with the big wide eyes that only a, uh, a young child can give you, uh, and be very excited to have her say that, you know, she's black like me. Um, and as we've gotten into the show, she's seen like the superpowers and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, um, so it, it is amazing because reputation, like representation, we've said this on the show a few times. Representation is super important, especially in the world of sci-fi, comics, you know, all of that. And to have this come to the CW and be what I think is one of their flagship shows, they're certainly promoting it like it's one of their flagship shows, uh, I think viewership is up for this show as compared to, like, Legends of Tomorrow or Superman and Lois. Uh, None of those are doing poorly, mind you, but for CW non-Arrowverse CW. Uh, it's pulling in good numbers. Uh, it just hit its mid-season break. We are, I think, in to... I think we're on episode five, four? Yeah. I think we're on episode four yes, or five. Four. Um, and they're at their mid-season. Yep. And uh, it's going to be a short it's, run. 
you know, just like a lot of them nowadays. Uh, mm -hmm. But Ava DuVernay, who did um, a lot of stuff. Oh, well, she's amazing is a thing, but what was the most recent one um, that she did? Wrinkle in she Time. Wrinkle? She's also uh, done... Um, well, she's done some stuff about Jesus Williams work. and stuff like that. She also did uh, Scandal, which is a big... She did uh, Selma. Yeah, she did Selma. Scandal's a big influence on uh, Chaos Incorporated, actually. Um, yeah, she's... So, she's a fantastic she's a lot. <laughs> director, period. Like, hands down. Um, mm -hmm. But what she's been able to do with this show... so. I'll give you a little bit of history. So the Naomi is a comic. It was only a six-issue comic in like the mid two thousands, following a uh, black uh, alternate Earth human with superpowers. So think teenage black Superman, because <laughs> that's essentially what she ends up growing up to be um, in, in the comic book. And then. She gets a six-run uh, series. She goes on to actually be in part of Young Justice and the Justice League. Like she's on that power level with a lot of the uh, a lot of the other DC folks. Uh, gets actually trained by Superman in the comics. I don't know if we're gonna have that. Um, if we're gonna get that actually for for this show yet, we'll see. As we're just in the first uh, the first season, but. Um, this picks up and basically kind of starts to follow the first six episodes, or the six books, it, it or six uh, issues of the series. It is taking slight changes from what it happened in the comic series and maybe blending a few things from here and there, but not to such a degree that if you uh, read the series like I did, then you are like missing out a hundred percent on the show. Like I think it's done it's things that you can, that you can only get away with in TV that weren't done in the comics. And I think that actually smooths it over and does a really, really, really good job uh, with the show uh, because it's a teenager movie. It's got the, some teenage tropes about being in high school. Uh, it's actually set in Oregon outside of Portland. Um, and mm -hmm. I would like to go on the record as saying there are far too many, uh, uh, people of color in this show to represent where it is in Oregon. <laughs> now, to be fair, it's it's supposed to be set outside of a military base. Yes. Which is the only reason there are that many people of color in a town in Oregon. Yeah. That's not Portland, mind you. Uh, and even yeah. Portland's suspect. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah. I'm um, saying it's a military it's a military yeah. town and they hit on that from episode one like this is true they make this sure you know this is a military town <laughs> but with that said the cast is fantastic as far as i can see like the people they have playing are awesome i didn't recognize the dad at first yeah naomi's dad uh-huh i didn't recognize who that was and i was like when i was reading a thing on it i was like wait that's him and i'm like <laughs> holy crap that's him Yep. Um, yeah, I was a little. I was like, "Oh, well, what do you know?" Yeah, he's actually working again. Yep, that's uh, Barry so, Watson, right? That's yeah, from Greg Seventh McDuffin Heaven. From Seventh Heaven, yeah. Barry Watson from I Seventh like, Heaven is the dad. Like I have not seen that guy in a long time. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting because they're playing up his character very differently. Um. 
And so I don't know. I think it's been. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that whole thing plays out because there's something from the comics that I don't want to spoil the, uh, the latter half of the series. Uh, but there's some stuff that's in the comic that I don't know if they're going to incorporate necessarily into the show or not. But um, I don't know. It's just uh, I am Team Lordis. Like there's there's some interesting things about this particular character that they keep hinting at being mm -hmm. a, a hair more alternative than maybe even what was in the comic. And I love that they are they are embracing some of that and embracing some of the. There's some there's some tropes of you know teenager in high school and then there's some tropes of the superhero genre and then there's this like gray area in between where like there are moments where Naomi looks really really grown up and then there are moments where Naomi you reminded like Naomi is like a sheltered kid in Oregon uh, yeah. and it flips back and forth pretty well between those uh, but the supporting cast with like D Zumbato uh, Lourdes. Uh, all of them, Annabelle, all of the... Annabelle's actually one of my favorite characters. Uh, she's got that wise-ass sidekick just down to, a, down to a T, and I love it. The mom's a little forgettable to me. That's the only one where I'm kind of like, meh. You know, like... Yeah. And I think... I honestly think... I don't think it's for lack of trying. I just think it is... There's only so much screen time for all of them. She gets a little bit more... What's that? I think it's the writing. Mm -hmm. It could yeah, be. She, she gets some more screen time later because uh, you're not fully caught up, I think, on this particular episode. There's some more screen time in episodes three and four no, that she fully. gets. Um, it's still not super overwhelming, right? Uh, it's not a ton of screen time. It's it's just kind of there. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's not as bad. But I think it's... You've got an assembled cast, and they're going to introduce even more people, and they have introduced even more people than the first couple episodes. So I, I, I do feel like she's probably going to get a little bit more of the backseat, sadly. Um, you know, so, and that was the way it was in the comics too. Like, there's only so much. So, a couple things about this where I'm like. Where I'm like, okay, it's it very much feels like a CW show, and then there's some others, and I think that so the the biggest difference from a production side is Greg Berlanti, who is the guy who has spearheaded the Arrowverse from the beginning, is not involved in this show at all. Nope. Now he is involved on the DC side, and he has a position at DC within Warner, which is who owns DC Comics and DC the film side and the TV side. He has a position within DC where he kind of oversees a lot of stuff. He's DC doesn't really have a Feige. Not and, the, so, and we've talked about this. They need we've one. Talked about, they need they one. They need one. They don't really have a Feige. Berlanti is probably the closest one to it. Um so, so what's interesting is he's not involved at all. Now so but again, it's still a CW show. It is still um, a CW show. So if you go into this show being like, well, I'm expecting blankety blank, blank, blank. <laughs> you're going to walk in and just be disappointed. If you're okay? if you're expecting and Arrow or Flash, it's not, it's not that. It's, it's, it's not quite it's not, that. It's not supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, it's supposed to be its own thing. And that's a good thing. 
But what I'm saying is, is there's just certain elements. Whether you watch that all-American show on CW, which is about the kid who plays football, yeah. or you watch all the, the Flash stuff and the other stuff, or you watch all the other crap that CW pumps out, Riverdale. Yeah. Okay. It, it's uh, so got a little forget. bit of... I've never seen Riverdale. I've only seen the or, promos for it, but it's got a little or, bit of that on there. But Riverdale's or, like... Riverdale's like almost to like HBO's euphoria in like craziness, isn't it? Like, I think it's gone beyond. Okay, but there's some shit in Euphoria season one that like, look, it's excuse it's my French. That. I know we're trying not to cuss on the podcast because it gets rebroadcast now, but there is some stuff in Euphoria season one that like, woo! I like I like Joe in the chat. He's like, that's my secret, Captain. I'm always disappointed. Look. Every show, and this is this is one area where, where I feel like it, it, this show bears some similarities to all the other DC shows that they put on on the CW. There's a little bit of melodrama to it, a little bit, right? And in this particular case, this is the first time that the central character is a teenager. Yes, like legit, like she is 16 in the show. Yep. Okay. So that is gonna lend itself to a little bit of melodrama and if you don't just have that in your head mm -hmm. you're gonna be like what is this nonsense no it's not it's but you gotta remember, kids are melodramatic they're, yeah they're kids it, that's kind of what they do and it's 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 the thing about it though that i think that that ava duvernay and like her production team is basically like the same ones that all made selma and like a ton of other things with her like she's bringing her crew in so that's the like when you mean it's not Berlanti that that does give this a completely different flavor. It does. Then I mean, there's the CW sheen, as I call it, because you look yes. at every promo for CW and they all look. There's all like a like they sit it to the same color. It's like the, it's like the Marvel <laughs> color palette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's just the DC CW palette basically. Oh, yep. You know, this is how we shoot shows. Um, that being said, it's a little more mystery e. It There's is. a little more mystery to it. Yes. Um, it, you know, it's it's definitely got some mystery box elements, some some Abrams-esque mystery box stuff going on there. From minute from the first episode with the disc and yep. some other stuff, and you're like, ooh, what's the disc? What's this? Yeah. Um, it does not take place in the same world as the Arrowverse. That we know of. Well, that's confirmed now. Okay, but now. So that being said, <laughs> that's never stopped them in the past. Right. Okay. So the the premise of this entire show, by the way, is that many of the people in this small Oregon town are from alternate versions of Earth or other planets. So yes, in true DC that, in true DC fashion, they love to play with the metaverse and all of this kind of stuff. And and so you know. th this is where we'll get into it. The CW's Arrowverse, I've Sean's heard me do this a lot of times. I am a long defender of the CW's Arrowverse and the how CW has treated its DC comic properties. With yeah. rare exception, I think that Berlanti and co because he's had some other producers in there that did like black lightning and some of the other stuff I think that they have succeeded on multiple levels. They have built a super full world that has a lot of depth and characters and heart to it uh, 
Um, don't get distracted with I, me talking to chat. Uh, <laughs> I, have, I see the little thing trapping out here. Yeah. Um, I think that they've they've stuck to some certain elements in the comic books that the movies have never managed. Yeah. Um, on the subject of representation, right? Like they have made a concerted, concerted effort, um, and they've done it sensitively, right? Yeah. Like they had one of the first, in fact, the first. I, should state the first trans superhero mm-hmm. on one of their shows who is played by a trans woman. Yep. Right. And she was consulted on how that storyline should be written. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Black lightning, you know, black lead for a superhero show. And that's still ongoing. Yep. Right. Um, they have never shied away from having the LGBTQ, and I'm just rattling stuff off, the LGBTQ community represented in very open and honest ways on their shows. Um, they don't shy away from that stuff, and they should be commended for it. Again, yes, there's some melodrama. Yes, the first season of Arrow, a full third of it was Stephen Amell with his shirt off. I'm not complaining. Okay, I'm just telling you. There's a whole montage of it on YouTube if you want to go catch up. There's there's a lot of him doing the Jacob's Ladder Uh with the thing. It's, I mean, half of Arrow Season 1, if you overlay a 1980s pop song over it and just cut it all together, it's one of those 80s training montages. It really is. Uh, Arrow had other issues, too. Arrow did have other issues. Yeah. so, So this is my thing that I get with a lot of people with the CW. Things that they're willing to overlook in shows from different networks and different properties, they're not willing to overlook for those shows. Interesting. Right? Okay. And that's, that's I think, the thing that's always bothering about it. I'm like, you overlook this stuff. Like, look, I loved Falcon and the Winter Soldier. There was some bad acting in that show. We kind of go, look, you're not going to hit it out of the park every time, right? I think Grant Gustin made a great makes a good flash i think uh uh melissa benoist made mm. a good supergirl uh they just ended that show yeah um i think that Stephen amell made a good arrow um because i already saw those two superpowers doesn't make any better hold and on i want to read it out it's like chad just said i don't i just don't like the cw shows because i already saw dawson's creek doing it with superpowers doesn't make it any better and, I would disagree t- with that because superpowers make like everything better. Everything better. Now here's like, the thing. Just saying. Uh, their version of Crisis on Infinite Earths, I do not think can be done better in a movie. Yeah, it can't. Well, it definitely um, won't if Zack Snyder and, and uh, JJ and all them were involved. Yeah. Uh, and here's why. Stark's what? Creek. <laughs> Stark's Creek. Nice. Um, thank you, chat. They have time. Okay, Crisis of Infinite Earths was five episodes of television. Yes. Right? Over five nights, which at 44 to 46 minutes per episode is a four-hour film, which you're just not going to get away with in the movies. And consequently, they're able to dive into things and do things that are much deeper and much more complex than you can do in a film. And I thought it was really, really well done. Um, the stuff with the monitor and the anti-monitor stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's and it was it was fan servicey without being too crazy, um, which is again coming back to this Naomi show. 
yes, right now it's unconnected. Yeah, but it's unconnected they, right now. What they did with Crisis is they fixed their DC Cinematic Universe by using the Berlantiverse because they brought the Flash from the Snyder Justice League mm -hmm. and brought him into the CW Crisis and was like, here I am. See, look, <laughs> alternate universes, alternate universes. I, it still we, won't fix the DC Cinematic Universe. Now, here's the thing. The reason I think it helps them long term is this. Now, going forward, we can have the Joker with Joaquin Phoenix, and it can be completely unconnected from the Batman with mm -hmm. Robert Pattinson, and completely unconnected from Suicide Squad and this Peacemaker thing, and yeah. unconnected from Titans, and they've got a very easy thing for them to point to. Look, see? Alternate universes. Yeah. Just a bunch of them. I just don't, don't worry know. About I just it. don't know if enough viewers care the way that they do with the DC, with the Marvel stuff being it being connected because they just I, and, and maybe they, they haven't don't. tried well enough. But it, it, frankly. it gives them it gives them an out. Um <laughs> and so I thought it was good. Isn't immune to it. The THP I didn't watch any of the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies. Joe is not feeling well, by the way, everybody in You chat. act like he wouldn't have that reaction if he was here. I, I think he's worse right now. Jeez. Yeah. Season realize one season of a show is equal runtime as a Snyder, Snyder kind of <laughs> Yes. Uh, I will all right, so, so here here's something that I'm gonna say that in looking so Naomi in this particular one gives a much different view because uh, in my house, obviously we do this show. Um, this is part of, <laughs> this is part of our job. We do this show every week. Uh, we keep up with all of this stuff pretty heavily. Um, and I follow, you know, I've mentioned on this a few times. I follow a ton of other YouTubers and, you know, podcasters and stuff like that who talk about this in depth in my day job as a writer and things like that. So those are the things I nerd out on. But even when I know how the show's supposed to go and I know where they're pulling the material from and all that kind of stuff, it's one of the few sort of inside baseball things we get to do if you've read comics and stuff like that. It's interesting watching this show through the eyes of a young child who's never experienced any of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And why I believe that TV does what movies will never be able to do in telling long form stories. Even if there's only going to be eight episodes, it's it's, they can do what comics can do. And you mentioned the what's in the box kind of piece. That's what these shows and the writing schemes of things have been able to do so well to a newer audience mm -hmm. is give you something impactful, multiple impactful things, and then leave you with a cliffhanger to come back next week. So, and hold on, not done. Uh, the other thing that it can do that movies cannot do is pull multiple threads. And I think Ava DuVernay and her group on mm -hmm. Naomi and maybe like some of the old Arrow stuff and all like that too, You've got A plot, B plot, C plot, like all of these things. And then, oh, by the way, the D plot is over here. Just Naomi being a teenager in high school, right? Mm -hmm. There's layers like a cake on this kind of thing that movies will never be able to kind of touch with that. And I feel like that's a that's something that people aren't giving enough credit to maybe some of these DC shows and stuff like that, that I actually think it will we'll maybe get into this in a little bit. But like Marvel doesn't do in their shows. 
not as well. Not as much. They're more no, polished on certain things, but not and as I'm well. And I'm going to agree with you, and the payoff is longer. One of the things, and I'll, and I'll tie it to Arrow, and this is why I, I have hope for this Naomi show, um, long term. Mm -hmm. In the first couple seasons of Arrow, he was a killing fool. Yeah. He killed everybody. He was like, Arrow did somebody, through the net. Did somebody mess with his dog? <laughs> Just yeah. John Wick in the DC universe? He, he John Wicked it up for the first couple <laughs> seasons. The nice thing was, later on, I want to say this was season five or six, um, that really came back. Like, yeah. they were able to use the long form to use the series element to be like, there are a lot of people who are upset. You killed a lot of fools out there, Oliver. Yeah. Um. Uh, um. Yeah. And, and now it, what? It's the thing that's. It's actually going to draw a parallel to Hawkeye because, and it's not just because they both use bows. It's that Hawkeye was another one of those series that has a lot of subplots going and setting up the next thing. And I think that they can only do that within TV, and DC can just keep pumping out these shows if they're going to keep the quality bar high. I think they really can keep pumping out these shows and really take it a few hundred steps forward and mm -hmm. ditch the movie stuff. I don't know if they're making money off the movies or not. Not really, I don't think, but well, figure out how to get that ad revenue in there. Yeah, and again, I think you and I have talked about this. I agree with you 100% on the TV thing. I personally feel that right now, TV is a better medium than cinema. Yeah. Right now. Um, the big difference being that CGI and special effects are so much cheaper now. Yeah. So they're much more accessible for television shows. Mm -hmm. Um, you don't need, um, so you don't need a, a giant, giant budget to do some CGI. Um, you could tell longer stories. I think they've learned yeah. that the audience is sophisticated enough. I think that's the one good thing that came out of Game of Thrones. Yes. Is they learned that their audiences were much more savvy and sophisticated than they believed they were. And so they're like, we can throw, I mean, Game of Thrones threw 40 characters at them. We're just doing like 12. Yep. They're good, right? Which opens up a lot of possibility. Um, it also opens up longevity. And it opens up longevity. And, now, and the chat. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. Chat's saying that I find the storytelling, because this leads into your longevity comment. The storytelling in an 8 to 10 episode TV series better than a 22 episode season. Yep. There's something to be said for that. And we can we can chat about that. But 8, eight I just to 10 hour long episodes. Love. Yeah, no. 8 to yes. 10 hour long episodes. You can pull in a lot of subplots and you don't necessarily... In every TV show, if you've moved the plot forward a yard, if you're thinking like a, a full on football field, you know, mm -hmm. 100 yards in a football field or whatever. If you move the main plot one yard down the field in a TV episode. Yeah. Most of the time, the viewers are going to be very happy. Mm -hmm. um, you don't have to do the Hail Mary pass that most movies have to do in nope. a shortened amount of time and then debate the editing. There's more time spent in the editing room of most movies than there is actually on set half the time mm -hmm. because of how many boardrooms and all this kind of stuff that goes on. The beauty of the TV is that if one version of the show doesn't work that week, that's fine. You got another one coming right up, you but know, and you're going to have these waves and it's going to be fine. Conversely, you also don't get away with as much on TV. And I think that the TV people are much more 
cognizant of what they're writing and how they're writing it because here's the deal. It's a lot easier for people to be like, I'm not tuning in for the next episode. Mm -hmm. Like when you go pay for Avenger or when you go pay for Justice League, the right. Whedon version of Justice League, it doesn't matter if you walk out halfway through, you still paid your money, right? Except whereas for we me, I didn't go. We <laughs> me neither. I watched it on a plane. Whereas week to week ratings for television shows, yeah. where if you if you fumble a couple of times in a row and start losing viewership, that's your job. I think that that is going to. This is my prediction, but I think that is going to fundamentally change in the ad ratings. The way that ads have been served up to to customers mm -hmm. was what drove that. And with yeah. many, many alternate forms of advertising, including streaming media and all of the, you know, buying rights and stuff like that, I think that you're going to start finding the ways that they are judging these shows to be more holistically via the season versus mm -hmm. the week to weeks. And so the thing about Naomi on the DC is it's not coming to Netflix, so it's not coming to paid piece, but you can buy every episode everywhere else, though. Which so, is actually how I used to watch Doctor Who before I had cable again when I first moved to Washington. So that brings us to our, our business side of it um, and why I'm a little afraid for the show. So um, one of the reasons it's not moving to Netflix is the CW, which is co-owned by Warner Media, who owns DC, and CBS, which is owned by Viacom, right? Yeah. <laughs> They are trying to sell the CW currently. Now, all of the CW DC shows have started to migrate over to HBO Max, which mm -hmm. is where I imagine, because uh, the other one they released like two years ago, Stargirl on CW, yeah, it didn't go to Netflix either. It Correct. went straight to HBO Max after that. And so um, I'm worried for Naomi because with the CW being sold off, that's where these shows kind of get screwed. Where even if they're good, right? Mm -hmm. Warner's going to have to make a decision, and I don't know how it's structured. It depends on who buys the CW and what the nature of that deal is, whether they're going to be able to suck it back and go, all right, we're going to stick it on HBO Max now, yeah. or whether they're going to leave it with the CW under a licensing agreement with whoever they sell it to. And that's if the person they sell it to doesn't rebrand it because the CW didn't used to be the CW. It right. was the UPN and the WB networks. Merged. Depending on what time of the day you started watching it too. Right. Uh. And they merged and became the CW about it's 13 been, years ago. Uh, no, it's been longer than that. I looked. Um, it didn't merge because UPN carried all of the black shows. Sorry, it is longer than that. Yeah. Uh, both launched. Hang on. Both launched. No, it's 2006. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. So a little bit longer. 2006. But yeah. That, so that was the thing that the UPN was was always. I, the, we always used to joke that the UPN, the UN, is standing for urban because it would show you know in living color, and the Cosby Show and all of those you know classic shows and Martin and the, very heavily on the Martin and stuff like that. Like you yeah. would have that. You know, it was like your urban focused everything. And then when the WB came on, it would like, it was the weirdest thing too, because it would like do where, where I grew up at least, like it would do this switch from the UPN channel to WB at night. So Dawson's Creek and Buffy could come on, you know, it was the weirdest fucking thing. Excuse my French, but like it really um, was, you know, and then yeah, they lost. They were separate channels until the merger. 
Yeah, well, the, the, back, back where I came from, we didn't have enough channels for that, so we had to, like, you know, the prime times turned over to the, to the CW. Uh, VT Pilot says, speaking of HBO DC shows, Peacemakers was surprisingly great. Also, best TV intro I've seen in a long time. I've no, heard that. I haven't watched a lot of the Peacemaker I, stuff. I, I need to catch up on it. Yeah. I'm telling you, TV, what they, DC has done way better with TV than they've done with film. That being yes. said, I'm looking forward to the Batman. I really want to see it. Um, I, can't, I can't decide if I want to sit four hours for a movie. Uh, that's the only thing that I'm like, <sighs> now, yeah. actually, sorry, it's only three. They screened a three-hour and 55-minute version, yeah. and they've cut it down to two hours and 55 minutes. Okay. So it's like Endgame all over again. Yeah, but it's it's got like 50 other... And again, it's got the DC sheen all over it. But I will... To go back to your piece about the, the business just for a second, though. Yeah. Where I think Naomi is actually going to succeed, because having Ava DuVernay attached to a project and, and using her clout to get it out within the black community... Mm -hmm. has actually spurred DC to put out a new season of the Naomi comic book. And so you're starting to see where DC might be actually putting two and two together and going, hey, maybe let's put out some different types of content out there now. And now we can, you know, do do some of that merging of properties and stuff like that and actually make some money here. Um, Here's a, They may suck it back to HBO. It um, could be. HBO, yeah, yeah, yeah. HBO Max doing really well. Um, they... Beat their forecast end of last year. They're at 74 million subscribers. Mm -hmm. um, again, I know they've moved a lot of their other DC stuff for after the fact. Over yeah. to HBO Max, that's where you can stream it at. Um, hopefully they do. Yeah. I, also, I think that's probably where it's going. Is yeah. I think CW will turn into something completely unrecognizable. Y'all can keep Riverdale. <laughs> I'm actually okay with that because I need to use HBO Max more. I need to, I need mm. to watch Peacemaker even though you can't see the the main character in it. Um, but like, I need to be able to just kind of catch up on some of those shows because beyond what I, I don't like any of the DC films and that's one of their major selling points on that particular thing. But like Euphoria, which we talked about that has Zendaya mm -hmm. in a completely different role than what is in Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. um, I really want to see that's going into its second season. There's obviously, I, I never got onto Westworld, but I kind of feel like I really should. There's going to be the new House of Dragons show coming up. I I just it put it on the background kind of thing. Yeah, House of Dragons is coming up. You want to see David Tennant as a as a the, freaky uh, Matt Smith. I'm sorry, Matt Smith is a freaky dragon yeah. person. That actually has me a little bit intrigued, even though my my butt still chapped a bit from uh, Game of Thrones. Um, you know, and, and it, as far as I'm concerned, uh, I would like to just start the Alexander Wraith appreciation uh, episode for his portrayal of D. And how cut his jaw is. I'm oh, yeah. fairly certain that De Beers is using it to cut diamonds yeah. for them when he's not filming the show. But at the same time, I actually love the way that he's playing the like Zen mentor yeah. in this. I and I'd love to Zam see him in other shows. I'm, I'm going to say this wrong. Zambudo? Uh, Zambuda, I think. Yeah, You're talking about the, the uh, Zambardo, I think. The, the, the car salesman. But the other, he's the main, one of the main villains. I know that I'm calling him the car salesman because that's how they introduce you to him. True. He's yeah. the sleazy car salesman yeah. who sells goat cars for too much money outside the base. <laughs> and I love, by the way, as a veteran, like, I loved that reference. I was like, Zumbato. That's how we pronounce it. Zumbato. Zumbato. I had to look, I had to they, look it back up because I'm like, we are not doing that right. They have a veteran on the writing staff. I can tell you that right now. Yeah. Because they were like, 
we're going to make this guy a, a used car salesman outside of a military base, and they'll refer to the fact that he gives him cars for too much interest, and he'll be the bad guy. And I was like, y'all been to Fort Bragg? <laughs> or Fort Jackson? That's true. That is okay. very true. Y'all, y'all seen that strip of car dealership uh-huh. right outside the gate, okay? Yep. Somebody on your writing staff is a veteran. Cranston Johnson, though, like, so Cranston Johnson plays Zimbato in the, in the show, and I... I, again, I've read the series, so I don't want to give away too many spoilers. Uh, he plays obviously a very pivotal character in this in the series. You can you can kind of mm-hmm. figure that out, and it's not too much of a pull. But like, I'm very interested to see how they continue to play out his character because his his uh, his acting in that role right now is menacing, creepy, but also like you can't not watch. Like it's just like when he's on. When he's on screen, I'm like, "What is he? What, what is he going to do? This is going to be insane." Um, so yeah, I just and then you know Casey Walfall, like her portrayal of a very confused teenager having to deal with the fact that you know, much like the much like the X Men animated series, when she starts going through puberty and all like that, then all of a sudden her powers magically manifest. Uh, and in very short order, having to learn her background and stuff. Like, I just think that she's done such a great job portraying this whole piece uh, of both a very vulnerable, still child, but then a like young woman who is looking to maybe supplant and, and, and put her place into the world or universe, I guess, in DC. Um, so I just, I don't know. I can't say enough great things about how they've presented that dichotomy so well so far uh and we already we already talked about mary charles jones as annabelle who is probably the comic relief part of the show i love Mm -hmm. that um there's just some really fun stuff in there and then stephanie march shows up again she showed up in like everything which is ironic because i think both she and uh alexander wraith who plays d weren't they both also in agents of shield in small roles as well and then D was also in the Mandalorian season two or episode 11 or chapter 11. I think she was on, he was in that too. It's like, there's some uh, hella crossovers going on. See Stephanie March. I was thinking from, from law and order SVU. Yes. Uh, and okay. I'll, I'll, actually, uh, Alexander Wraith has been in an episode of that too. So he's a true actor because he's gotten his, he's gotten his, his cameo in SVU. So, uh, so <laughs> yeah, so there you go. Everybody's been in SVU though. Everybody's, Everybody's been, in, been in SVU. By the way, well, actually, we can hit that in quick hits towards the I end. I want to be show. in an episode of SVU. I don't even like. I haven't you're, had my chance you're yet. You're gonna, you're gonna have an opportunity. I'll tell. We'll, we'll get that in quick hits. Uh, back <laughs> okay. to the chat. One of those season quick elements of Picard season two with Moby's latest shenanigans. I doubt it. Um, her comments, while extremely insensitive and very wrong, uh, don't rise to the level of we need to cut her out of the film. Or the show, um, Picard. By the way, has already been greenlit for seasons three and four. Yeah, um, even before season two's out, um, they are very, very happy with it. This kind of goes back to what Mallow was talking about about how they evaluate shows. You're hearing that more now. Yeah, where they'll film a show like Mandalorian. Mandalorian was greenlit for season two before the first episode of season one aired. That's how confident the executives at Disney were in it. Um, Again, CBS, same deal with Picard. They're yeah. so confident in Picard season two that they're like, they're like, yeah, season three and four, go. Just yeah. Do that now. Um, 
great, in spite of the fact that CBS, I think, lost 700 billion on that. Oh, 700 million. Yeah, 700 year, billion 1. would be one that we wouldn't have. 700 any of those. million last year, 1.4 billion this year. Yeah, on on Paramount Plus. Uh, I think that's chat. that's part of their building gear, though, in Paramount Plus, because they have a, they still need to kind of define a little bit of like what Paramount Plus is, and they got some brand work to do. You know, HBO has is was able to bring out Sex and the City reboot, which is terrible, but it's le it's known well, and they had the whole Peloton thing that came well, out with that. Well, there's something I want to ask you on that whole build concept, though. Okay. Uh, so I heard an interesting comment the other day, and you were talking about CBS and Paramount. They're doing the build-up. Now, the difference is that whether it's Warner Media, which owns HBO, mm -hmm. or Paramount, who owns CBS, mm -hmm. or Disney. These other companies can be like, we can afford a couple of years of this. We're good because we still have film releases and other mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah, yeah, they got multi multi things. Somebody I heard the other day commented that Netflix knows they're on borrowed time because everybody's pulling the stuff that was Netflix's top performers, like The Office, mm -hmm. is now back on Peacock. Yep. Um, Netflix doesn't have that. Yeah. Netflix doesn't. Netflix doesn't own a Universal that releases films. Uh, Netflix does not have a Disney where they have an Encanto or whatever to yep. release these things to be like, fuck it, if we lose 500 million this year on this thingy, we're fine. And Netflix was already really in debt. Do you think that in the end, while Netflix managed to wreck Blockbuster, do you think in the end Netflix takes a dive? Yes. If unless it can they keep have it, if unless they can keep pulling together things like Don't Look Up, and they can which didn't do well. I heard a lot of people talking great things about it, but it is esoteric in the way like it's uh, what is it? I was talking. Were we talking about this on the podcast? Where I was like, is it idiocracy for this generation? Yeah, was that a thing? Okay, yes. And, um, and the the issue is the the metric that leaked that apparently Netflix and HBO and most of these are using. It's why HBO wasn't happy about the Zack Snyder Justice League mm -hmm. performance. Is they've got this metric called first watch. Yeah. Where they go because right now it's once we have you that's recurring revenue that's great. Yeah. But what we need to know is what's bringing these people in. Yeah. And and so for like HBO they go when you when you subscribe to HBO Max, what's the first thing you watch? For more than 10 minutes. Right? What do I watch? Or... No, I'm saying oh, okay. they're, they're looking at the like, subscribers. It's a data point they look yeah, at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. Once you sub, right? You have sub. I signed up. What's the first program you navigate to yeah. and watch for more than 10 minutes? Right. Um, a lot of Netflix's stuff, the first watch rates are not good. Yeah. They're not bringing in new subs and Netflix just had a price increase. I and I will be honest with you every time that I see these price increases for this my gut reaction first off is to just cut again. Cuz I've cut Netflix a couple times cuz I like you were saying I there's not enough there I'm they don't have the series to bring it in. If I can, if I can get my little ones to not want to watch anything on Netflix and just stick with Disney Plus or something else, 
I'm going to pull it because I don't need to watch that much stuff on Netflix. I don't go back and watch a ton of other shows. Um, there's some good. I just don't there's do good it. anime on Netflix. There is, yeah. But I, I said I just wonder how long it is before Netflix starts running into problems because they're, with rare exception, Netflix kind of produces a lot of original material, most of which is. It's B, it's B movie. Yeah, it's B, yeah. it's B and C rated stuff to fill out their, it's, fill out their it's, things. It's a lot of romantic comedies. It's yeah. a lot of stuff like that with an occasional... Witcher. They are... They need or to... Love, not, sex, love, death, and robots. They need to become the new line cinema of this generation. If they can pull that Explain off... Explain that. So, new line cinema... Um, I'm, I'm curious what you, where you're drawing the analogy. So you remember that like New Line Cinema had a ton of like shows that were like Nightmare on Elm Street, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like yeah, clear like really good movies for the time that don't hold up well at all. I'm but sorry, but they were good Teenage for the Mutant time. Ninja Turtles one and two hold up great. <laughs> Secret of the Ooze is still awesome. Yeah, I will fight you. But like, think about like, and I'm and I'm talking like mid '90s New Line Cinema, where they like yeah. created The Mask, Austin Powers. Like, yeah, these are not these are, we love them, but are they Oscar worthy stuff? No, but they are the thing that kept bringing people out to uh, the movies. If mm-hmm. they can do that for TV, because again, I don't think Netflix is. Their, their winning model is not going to be having movies on there. I think it's going to be where they have... Stranger Things. Stranger Things. You're going to have a few of those. Like, they, they, they gave up on the TV division for some reason. And... Where is Stranger why. Things Season 3, by the way? I, I know it's coming, but where the hell is it? I am I do not know. Come on, Netflix. <laughs> Get on that. I'll um, wait to cancel until after I see Stranger Things season three. I, that's another one I haven't watched. I'll have to see. Uh, uh, I didn't. I thought initially I was going to be kind of met on Stranger Things, yeah. and I thought actually, and you know my my spouse, she's not a big like horror or monster movie person, mm-hmm. like not at all. Yeah, loved Stranger Things. Interesting, loved it. Um, I, I I do want to come back uh, before we get off the CW because we did a little bit of a Netflix run here. Uh, the CW is bringing back the best uh, sci-fi TV show of all time uh, in that. Babylon 5. Um, I'm more excited that it'll be on HBO Max because I'll just probably watch it there because uh, I watch just about everything on demand for the most part. Um, I am interested to see how they are going, if it's going to get the CW sheen over it because if there was ever a TV show that could have used a hair bit more CGI budget... Back in the day, it would have been that. Um, I mean, if, if they get the same level of CGI budget as Flash, Supergirl, and Superman and Lois, yeah, I think it, I think be we'll fine. be okay. Uh, J. Michael Straczynski is back in charge of it, and I the you know when we were talking about a plot, b plot, all the subplots and everything like that. That was another one of those shows where you know. Uh, you had these long arcs throughout the season and they did such a great job getting in the weeds of these long arcs and telling such a built out story. And Mm -hmm. if the CW and Warner brothers is out there watching, let's be honest, we're going to throw my hat in the ring. 
If you want a Babylon 5 RPG, I got a system for you, and I got all the backstory of Babylon 5 at my disposal, ready to go. I'll work with J. Michael all day long. We will pull the whole thing together. Like, how awesome is just the idea of having an RPG set on a space station with the ability to take out the Starfighters and stuff like that? You know That's what? fantastic. Nobody, nobody, there is, there is no current publisher. No, there isn't. You know what? Yeah. Hey, uh, CW, whoever. Warner, it's, it's, a, it's Warner Media. We will, Warner Media? we got you. All day long. Because the thing about Babylon 5 and Star Trek, I will admit, like, literally stole the format from them. Even though Deep Space Nine is one of my favorite Star Treks of all time. Uh, what they what they did so well was, yes, it was a contained, you know, place. It was a gigantic space station. But they told all these different types of stories. They had political intrigue. They had detective mystery. They had horror. They had a war, for God's sakes, happen in the whole thing. Like, it like all it was just fertile ground with these wonderful characters. Um, I hope we don't have the same problem with Babylon 5, the reboot, that we have with Cowboy Bebop. Uh, because some of those, Susan Ivanova is still the most bitchin' like captain and military leader out there. Um, I just don't know how you redo that. It's like trying to redo Firefly in my mind, uh, without the same cast. With with is it a reboot or is it a continuation? It is uh, from the ground reboot, and that is in quotes. Of Babylon Ooh. Five with the original it, writer and showrunner, though, I am I am always more suspicious of from the ground reboots. Yeah, because um, I think it's dangerous. Yeah, um, that's tough. It's it's going to be tough because Bruce Boxleiter was fantastic as John Sheridan, Mila Furlan, Delenn, Claudia Christian as uh, Susan Ivanova, Jerry Doyle as uh our security chief uh michael garibaldi one of the more fantastic characters in all of tv the way that he pulled that through uh and then of course you've got jakar you've got sinclair like you got all these people that they can't bring back you know and like peter jurassic or peter uh no peter jurassic as uh londo malari Okay, the way that he and, <laughs> and fucking Jakar play off each other in the show, again, you you are gonna have a hard time replicating that with people. And I hope I'm wrong making this prediction, but those are such <laughs> beloved characters in the deep sci-fi universe. Um, Some of the cast is dead, and that's yeah, fine. And that's that's it, the problem. Here's the thing that almost makes it better to do a continuation, because you just said it later. Well, and that's, yeah. there's plenty of that. That's where, and this is, we do this a lot in Identico, where the political intrigue thing comes in. Because much like, I watched the entire history of Titanfall last night because I couldn't sleep. So I watched. It's got a great. It's got a fantastic story. And this is why people want Titanfall 3 so much. Um, and I've never even played Titanfall 2. I just watched the story now. And I'm so like mm -hmm. hooked into it. I'm like, I don't really care about the gameplay. I bet the gameplay was fun, but. 
the story is where I'm at and how it leads into the Apex games and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. That whole thing is fantastic. You know, and it leads me into the whole Halo. We were talking about Paramount Plus and stuff like that. It leads me into the whole Halo series that's coming up that I am super wary of because Paramount Plus, it it looks weird to see Paramount Plus's logo above the Halo logo, right? It's a Microsoft property that we've known for so long. And just Paramount Plus is not a great brand name. I know that's what it is, but if you've ever been to like uh, Carowinds, which is technically paramount's like theme park or whatever man they're branding even on the hanna-barbera rides and shit like that like it's not yeah you don't you don't the the, there's no connection there it's just not there look i have a paramount plus subscription i i had a cbs plus whatever the fuck it was called before that (laughs) before they did the merging of the thing yeah um it's actually a better streaming service than most people give it credit for oh i imagine Um, it is if you're a star trek fan definitely and cbs and Paramount have good production capabilities, right? And Halo's a great franchise, and yeah, the branding looks weird. I'm super wary of it, too, because I'm kind of like, mm. I'm just, <laughs> chat, chat, um, Joe in the chat, the nerds are going to kill the Halo series. I, I, probably. Yeah, I, I'm I really worried imagine, about it. I have to imagine uh, that Halo's not going to do about how Cortana looks CG. Cortana is CG. She's a fucking computer jet. God dang it. She's in a right condition. This is getting rebroadcast in your store, so you're the one saying it. (laughs) I am am really, really frustrated with fans sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Cortana looks CG. No, but it's not. It's not blue Cortana, though. It's not like it was in the video game. And I don't care. Stop it. Just stop it. Okay. Like, this is, again, this comes back to the Arrowverse. Sometimes we as fans complain about the dumbest stuff. Yeah. Right? Little stuff like that is not, should not make or break the show, but y'all will get into Reddit threads and Twitter threads where you turn that into the entire show. Well, and it's the, what and happened to Bebop. Yeah. Well, it's exactly what happened to and, Bebop. And, well, here's the thing, though. Here's, here's the thing, too, is there's critique yeah, and then there's complaining. Gator Pete's in the chat saying the same thing. Same kind of fans hitting on a Bebop. I yeah. just noticed that. That's I do, exactly what happened I appreciate, Bebop, though, that... I, I do appreciate, though, that, like, they brought back Jen Taylor, who is the voice of Cortana. Mm-hmm. Like, they're bringing... They're making it as accurate as possible. And I think that... when At least when it comes with the voice acting and stuff like that. And that part, I appreciate a lot. I am... It's going to be very interesting to see how they play this out uh, with the rest of the series because it can look like it can look cheesy real quick if it's not done properly. And the thing that I think the Halo games have done in terms of the visual graphics and things like that are going I have done much better than I think a live action is going to do. I'm going to watch it. We will talk about it on the show when it comes out. I will figure out how to get it because I don't think I have a Paramount Plus subscription. Um, Even though I need to catch up on Picard and all of that kind of stuff for many reasons. So, Speaking of Halo, the original developer of Halo... Oh, yeah. Oh, that's all right. Segway. Segway. We're professionals. Halo has been purchased 
by Sony. <laughs> by Sony. By Sony. Like, I just, I'm like, of all of the companies that were, that could have bought Bungie. Yes. I'm well, like, of all the companies that hadn't already owned Bungie. <laughs> Sony? Well, Sony, so, but Bun Microsoft owned them from 2000 to 2007, and then they yep. just spun them off. They were like, go away. We don't like you anymore. No, they bought themselves out. Right. So they were an independent company. Right. Now they've been acquired by Sony. Which I don't know. I mean, I, I just, I don't know. I, I, this one to me is weirder than the Activision Blizzard acquisition. Like, I don't know what Sony's doing. Um, what they're doing is trying to compete with Fortnite because, and I made this comment in the discord. Well, what, right does before that have to do with, what does this have to do with Bungie? Because Bungie knows how to run a live service. Destiny 2 has given them enough money to not only continue improving and making better versions of Destiny 2 with their expansion schedule actually staying on track for the most part. For the most part, COVID was what it is. But they've been, as a small studio in Bellevue, have been pumping out regular content for Destiny 2. Yep. They've got the live service nailed. They're working on an as yet unannounced second IP, which um, I don't, mm -hmm. I'm not going to claim to know a ton of it for many reasons, but they yeah. have, they have job openings for an unannounced new IP. And that's what they say. Right. Um, Sony came out in their earnings call today and said, they're going to release 10 live services. And that's their words, not mine live services by 2026. That is why and they bought Bungie because Bungie knows how to do it already. And so that is doesn't. a lot by 2026. That chat, uh, specifically I'm talking to you, Gator Pete. Microsoft bought Bethesda for $5 billion and Sony bought Bungie for 3.6. Microsoft got a better deal. Mm. I, don't I don't believe that. So. Bethesda, I don't, I I don't mean, like Bethesda games, so I don't believe that. Now, here's the thing I like Bethesda games, and Fallout's a cool IP. And. And Bungie only owns Destiny, really, for any... I'm looking right now. That's all they, that's all they needed to own. They, they, make, they really make a lot of money off that game. A I know, I'm saying, money. like, as far as IP goes... Um, they didn't go... They're not a public company, so I'm not going to be able to get a hold of their financials. Yeah, uh, well, they will be soon. Bethesda also equals Doom. I don't like the Doom series as a, um, as the player. A, I'll watch yeah, people play IP, Doom. Though. It's a great IP. I'll watch people play Doom uh, all day. I hate playing Doom myself. That's a, that, that's a great might, viewer. That's a great viewer game for me. You might be right, Gator Pete. They might have gotten a better deal overall for the value of the IPs that Bethesda owned versus what Bungie has. Now, here's the thing. Bungie went four years between the last Halo game that they released for Microsoft and Destiny. Mm -hmm. God knows what, since Destiny 2 came out, when, 2018? 2017. 2017, wow. yeah. Was a while ago. Um, it was a while ago, yeah. And it's still bonkers, relevant. And Bonkers only knows what they've been working on as far as new IP 
since then? I will say what I, I didn't what, get what I can say. We might start running more Destiny raids on the server again. We'll see. I miss a good shoot 'em up. Halo does okay. I do um, too, but I don't. I didn't want the grind. It's because it's a shoot 'em up with the grind of an MMO. And yeah, it's a looter. It's like a looter shooter plus MMO, which is why and it does such gangbusters with most people. I, I understand, but for me, that's a weird <laughs> combination that I'm like, because like in MMO, I'm used to the grind, like New World, like okay, I'm in that lovely mid 30s bracket now. <laughs> Ah, strap in, it's gonna be a while, right? I don't want that out of my looter shooters. Uh, but I mean, Destiny's kind of always been that way, and and I know, and I remember hearing the looter shooter guys complaining about it, like, yeah. "What is this?" I'm like, "Oh, you're, this is your first MMO." Yeah. <laughs> and, but the thing, the thing that Destiny does really well, and uh, since playing New World and seeing their watermarking system and stuff like that, I now get why Destiny like why you have to grind the raids in destiny such as it is mm -hmm. destiny gives you an actual pvp system worth a damn and that's the one that i think really does very well because i actually enjoy playing destiny pvp and and the pve aspects of it and stuff like that because they're unique they are uh differentiated from like a halo or or a call of duty and stuff like that mm -hmm. battlefield uh this week by the way is officially dead rest in peace uh thank you ea i for, saw that yeah i saw thank that you ea for literally you. killing an entire community um i'm gonna be salty about that one for years um but that's where destiny succeeds and i think a lot of the back end stuff like the thing that I find interesting the most about the Bungie stuff is that they got to a place that Steam got to where they have a formula and they have expertise and they they're doing these wacky experiments behind the scenes that aren't making the light of day, but you can imagine what it could do given enough publishing power. Unlike Steam, <laughs> they're actually going to go do something with it. And I think that is fantastic. Um, you know, Destiny 2 is still in the top 10 of PlayStation games. Think about that. Like a looter shooter from yeah, 2017 no. is still in the top 10 of PlayStation games. Look, I, it's crazy. It, it wasn't my cup of tea, but I recognized that it was, it was an extremely popular game that a lot of people really, really loved. Uh, yeah, I just, I think I thought it was a really interesting acquisition on Sony's part. They have to know something. They know something. very specific that this, Oh, speaking of Sony and Sony-related projects, mm -hmm. uh, we are not going to have to wait eight more years for Remake Part 2. Of Final Fantasy 7? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I was like, there's a lot of remakes out there. You're going to have to be more specific. So, uh, remake Part 2, because if you recall, they released the first teaser that Remake ff7 remake was happening yeah in night in 2014 right right um yeah or as i like to call it advent children the video game because it makes about as much sense as that movie because somebody uh, somebody in one of my chats said that uh, that final fantasy advent children was a good movie and i i liked advent children for what it was i 
Yes. If well, you were going, if you were going into this expecting it to be anything that like needs to make sense, I expected it to be coherent in something. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> Final Fantasy VII has never been really coherent. That's why there's you know 15 years of YouTube videos about theories about how Final Fantasy VII work. True. Um, I will say uh, here's the other thing too though is like Sony so. Sony, the big knock on Sony has always been that they have a lot of great first party titles. Uh, and I've got a PlayStation 5. I was one of the lucky ones that got one. Um, they've, they outsold, they've outsold uh, Xbox. They've outsold Xbox, even with, though the Xbox is way more available. Um, and I know that Xbox's plan is not necessarily always on the consoles. I get that. We, we've talked about that at length. Mm -hmm. Um, Gran Turismo 7 looks fantastic. Cannot wait to really dive into Horizon that Horizon Forbidden West. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed yep. that one, but I got... It, it falls into some of the Ubisoft, Ubisoft titles where I'm like, cool concept, bro, but I'm tired of just going around open world fighting the same things a hundred times yeah. when I'm not doing now, it I, with friends. That's the difference yes. between like a Horizon or but like Horizon a New World. Horizon wasn't Ubisoft, was it? Horizon... No, 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 Horizon but it, it follows the same formula of yeah. open world, got a discover the things and do the puzzle and it's like breath of the wild actually i enjoyed horizon better than breath of the wild um but sony just put god of war out on pc and it's got like a 93 percent metacrit rating like it's doing really well on pc and so like sony is i think making sony is seeing what's happening with windows and xbox and going okay cool hold our beer we still have the better properties and we're going to come out there for you this is the downside that Microsoft has to being the ubiquitous operating system, is you can't stop Sony, exactly, from <laughs> releasing their 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 stuff on your platform. Yeah, they're just gonna go. Yeah, here you go. Yeah, because you decided you wanted to be the computer on every desktop, computer in every home, platform. Mm -hmm. This is what you get, Microsoft. You can't gate off. Yeah, you can't gate off stuff. everybody else. Yep. And so now Sony gets the best of both worlds. They get to sell to everybody who bought a PS5, and they get to sell to everybody who has a Windows box. Yep. Which is 80, 90% of the video game industry. Uh, some, no, I don't think it's quite that much, but it is a, it's a significant as, new market for them. As either a PlayStation, a PC, or both, versus the number, the percentage of video game players who only own an Xbox or a Nintendo. Oh, okay. That's gotta be saying. less than 10%. Uh, no, because Nintendo takes a serious chunk out of that in the last uh, MPD data because there's a yeah, lot of people who only own a Nintendo. Yeah, they only own a Switch. Um, and yeah, and let's be honest, those people aren't going to play God of War. No, they, <laughs> that's they've that's not your target so market. Much more of the market that Microsoft just can't touch. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and chat chat seems to agree. They're saying it's stupid good. A lot of love for Christopher Judge in the chat and stuff, which I mean, I have only I have not played the game because uh, I got my PlayStation after God of War came out um, and I haven't had a chance to play it on PC yet. Uh, I've got to still get through the Jedi games and there's a long list of games, single player games I need to eventually get through. Um, but yeah, it's it's another one of those games that just looks beautiful, too. And so. They, they do such a fantastic job with the way that they're producing these the studios that they're bringing on board. 
there was also talk that they, they should just, you know, slip up Hairbrain Studios while they're at it. And Sony, a couple of the other Bellevue Studios that are in smaller ones around here, because they do some really what? good work. I'm trying to think, quite frankly, in my opinion, Sony's done a better job since the start of the 8th gen. Um, or Xbox One. Yes. I think that, that Microsoft... Have owned them all? Yes, I would say that. Micro well, and we all remember the E3 where Microsoft fumbled. The the same E3 where, where PS4 and Xbox One were both premiered, right? Mm -hmm. And if we all remember, the... The Kinect uh, is an integral part of the Xbox One. We can't sell an Xbox One without a Kinect. Seven months later, okay, here's your Xbox One without the Kinect. Oh no, you can't loan games on Xbox One. Here comes Sony with their hastily produced commercial. Here's how you loan games on the Sony PlayStation 4. <laughs> right? Um, ever since then, Microsoft's not ever, I don't think, ever really been able to like get momentum i mean they're doing just fine though like no no they're you, doing fine you say that they they're not getting momentum they're doing just fine even compared to sony and don't get me wrong hey microsoft don't bless my chops i'm trying to buy like 12 series x's right now like dead series 12. <laughs> okay and by the way if you happen to be watching we're working on the halo league esports stuff so work with me here okay if you could get me those series x's why right? do you need series the, x and not series s you don't need the series uh, the s does not run i'm being told by the esports league the s does not run halo 5 at the level the competitors want it at it has oh to my god series they gotta see series. they have to see the teabagging in 4k apparently, apparently the, the 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 these fools say they can tell the difference between 30 fps and 60 fps Fine. They want uh, the frames. I'll, and still that's exactly go, I'll still go 14 and 2 with them uh, while listening to AEW theme Gator, music. Gator Pete's saying exactly what they're telling me. They want the frames and the esports people. If you're not doing PCs, they've said that the Series X. Now, actually, something I learned this week, and good on you, Microsoft. Thank you for this. They're supporting local land support again. Yeah. For Halo. Good. Okay. Because I you think that's now, a much better way to play if you're going to do an you esports. You can now local land Halo, and that is how we will be running Halo esports at the store, is with local land. You will not be connecting over Xbox Live. You'll be doing it with local land, and that's how you'll do your tournaments. Well, and that's, uh, to me, a much better way to do it because the latency is... <laughs> the, the, I don't, it's not the frame rate rates that I worry about. It's the latency. So and that's the problem that I always end up into. Microsoft is now supporting local LAN connections for Series X's mm -hmm. through a centralized PC, which apparently doesn't take that much runtime on the PC to Probably just not. be the clearinghouse. Yeah. To just it's be a, like, it's oh, all, a lot here. of it's client side, anyways. Yeah. For the and way because so Microsoft doesn't do make you pay for servers. The only thing the computer's doing, your PC is doing, is managing the connections, and that's it. Yeah. To the Switch. So, um,. I have a local landlord sport. Microsoft further becoming gaming pros. Yes, but I actually, yeah. I had a meeting with the Halo esports people last week, and this is, I was recently informed that uh, Halo Worlds are back this year. By yeah. the way, I, who uh, yeah, I, that announcement came out two days ago. I think Something they like will that. be in. They will be in Seattle this October. Mm -hmm. um, I am working on working with some of their esports folks, not at Microsoft, but the tertiary people. Yeah. So the Microsoft, if you're watching. 
Yeah, we're right down the road. I'm like 20 minutes from campus, dude. This is the thing. Well, we're more than 20 minutes from campus, but... <laughs> <laughs> like later we're, we're, Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. At night, when there's nobody on the road. And no construction. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. You're just on the other side of the, the lake, but... Um, it's, you know, it's interesting, and I think... Like I said, this is the reason I think Sony bought uh, Bungie because Microsoft has multiplayer, has always been the multiplayer leader, might always be the multiplayer leader for all we know, and Sony just may not necessarily need to dethrone them, but definitely wants a piece of that pie and the diversification and stuff like that that we have. Oh sure, uh, we're gonna. Uh, it's unfortunate that we're gonna end up with like four mega companies in gaming soon. Um, you know, I'm looking, I'm waiting for Nintendo. Who are they going to buy this week? Um, it's not only done. Reason, it's only Wednesday, so we can, you know. The only reason I'm not as concerned about the video game industry, because uh, you saw we had the drama about Watsy again come up this week. Um, no, I, I'm bloody well immune to it half the time because uh, it happens so often. About once a quarter, for, for those of you listening on the podcast and chat, about once a quarter, the tabletop RPG community as a collective starts gnashing their teeth about the fact that Watsy controls probably ballpark 65 to 80 percent of the tabletop rpg market yeah right conservatively um and everybody goes that's bad and then everybody goes yeah and then everybody goes what are we going to do about it and then i'll be like you know there's things you can do about it and then they're like no we can't do that. And, <laughs> we can't support so smaller this, things. That would be wrong. We, we go around this circle about once a quarter, and it is an issue in the tabletop RPG industry. The nice thing about the video game industry is, and this is where streamers really come into play, this is where the smaller communities that really can blow stuff up for video games really come into play. You can still launch a extremely successful game out of a four-person studio. Yeah. You can do it, and you can tell Microsoft and everybody else to get bent, and you can stick yourself on Itch.io or Steam or Epic, and you can still do it. It is possible. Yeah. Uh, so there is still, I would say it is a far more equitable market in the video game industry, even with this consolidation than the board game or tabletop. Actually, board games are just as bad as tabletop RPGs. There's yeah. like four companies uh, that control most of that market. Uh, I think so, but I think it's the... I think video games are just a better marketplace for independent, smaller creators to I, come up and build great products, have them sell and be commercially viable. There's more tools within Unity and some of the other ones than there is, you know, is a a game is not easy to develop no matter what platform it's on because you have to understand game theory and the balance and everything like that. Um, but there are a lot more tools and ways to get started on, uh, in software. It does have a higher ceiling to get into because there's just more work to do in coding mm -hmm. and you know, all of that sort of piece. Art directing and development. And yeah, there's a ton of that kind of stuff. So now video games tend to reach, it's easier to reach a wider audience, I think is where you're getting at. Yes. Uh, because of the Steam stores and stuff like that. When you are an independent uh, RPG creator, uh, I don't know any of those guys though. Um, 
or an independent board game maker thinks it's, it's much harder, harder to reach a wider audience because the distributors and the ways that you break into the industry are, are tougher. And mm -hmm. social media and advertising and things like that only take you so far. Yeah. Um, and it's very difficult, which we, we still haven't talked about Kickstarter and blockchain, and I really don't feel like doing that tonight. No, and all of the, the, the changes to that, but that's another one that I think is going to have now have run its course to be doing the pre-ordering and things like that for it. So, um, lost in all of this, by the way, is the most important story of the week is that the New York times bought Wordle. Oh, geez. speaking of independent games. Uh, I don't know why they bought it. I mean, I guess they realized the New York times like crossword puzzle wasn't good enough. And now they've bought Wordle, uh, which I have blocked on all of my Twitter. Everything. My understanding is that the Wordle people had said in an interview that the idea came to them from doing the Times crossword puzzle and the Times felt some need. My interesting thing about the Wordle acquisition is this. Was how much did they buy it for? Low seven figures? Yeah, like, but I mean, it's a... It, uh, here's the thing. It's a piece of software that blew up and has gone like semi-viral and people really like it and people log in. I've seen more shit about Wordle in the last month than I had ever, you yeah. know. Um, it's it's a blocked it's a blocked term on my Twitter feed because I get you, tired of waking up in the morning and seeing just nothing but those. People's Wordles? Yeah. Uh, you totally could have gotten more than seven figures. Low seven figures. I don't which know. Which means less than five million? Like, that's what you sold it to the Times for? Yeah, but I mean, think about I how much... Microsoft would have kicked you 11. Well, I, maybe they, maybe not though. Maybe not. I mean, it's because these are kind of fly by night sort of games, right? Like everybody remembers Candy Crush and stuff like that. I don't think that's well, dominating I, the charts anymore. Could I be know. Wrong. I mean, King, like we talked about that during the Activision yeah. thing, right? King's uh, King thing. I mean, they're still doing 150 million a year with all their Candy Crush clones. Um, yeah, but here's the thing that I don't understand about all of this. Uh, cause I worked in, I worked in newspapers back in the sure. before times, way before times. I'm going to date myself a little bit. Um, they're not bastions of technology innovation and new ideas. And I even subscribe to the New York times so I can keep up on certain things. And I would say that they're definitely not bastions of technology innovation. So... I mean, kudos to to the creators of Wordle for getting a, a decent payday, probably in line with probably what they felt like was worth it. Um, I'm just so <laughs> like that. I don't think that game's gonna. I mean, maybe it's fine that the game's not gonna change and stuff like that. Like, but that would not be the place where I would think the New York Times would be pushing gaming going i'm just, just <laughs> it's just such a foreign concept to me having known people who work there you know partnered with some of them myself it's just so strange P brings up new york times doesn't know how to deal with ad blockers their subscribe rate can't be very high it, it actually is uh you would there's still a lot of boomers out there who subscribe to the new york times well and it's, i think that you gotta subscribe to that so there's a lot of boomers like first off on the east coast we're having a time subscription a you can actually get the yes. Daily Times outside of New York and a lot of places in the East Coasters. <laughs> he said the East uh, Coasters. Yes. <laughs> Freaking 
Uh, I mean, I'm with you. Yeah, but it's it's like having. Uh, I mean, I should say this too. I have a subscription to the Washington Post, the Seattle Times. Uh, I have a subscription I, to a lot of them uh, because I I support my old brethren uh, the, in the field. The, but as of third quarter 2021, the Times says they have 8.4 million total subscriptions. 7.6 million are digital only. Yeah. So a lot of displaced New Yorkers. They were down to about 800,000 subscribers, like that received the physical paper. And then I don't know how many, like just people walking down the streets in Manhattan, buy a paper every day just to look smart. There's not a ton. And you get the, you used to get them delivered to your door when you were traveling and stuff like that. Like the thing about the digital editions, I always get USA today. You can get either one back in the day, but now, I mean, the the thing about the digital description is it's all pure profit, right? There's no overhead in terms of you know the server space whatever, and stuff like that. Is the cost, yeah. yeah, it's nominal compared to what the cost of newsprint is, um, which continues to go up every six months, I think. So um, yep. it's probably better that their their paper subscriptions are going down for their bottom line. So cool. Uh, so there you go. Yeah. There's your tech. There's your tech quick hits for the week. Yeah. Uh, people. We got a whole How episode. It just keep you stuff for research. Probably about a quarter. I would say chat. Our, our journalists and independents. Journalists keeping us up for research. Probably. Some of it. Cool. Yeah. You can get a lot of stuff just via their website or via like Apple News too. Probably. So. Probably fifty thousand. Here's yeah. the thing. I I don't know if they have a commercial subscription system. They don't. Um. For Most like newspapers other don't. Newsrooms. They don't to, to do so. Yeah, you, subs- right. just- you subscribe to the wire. You subscribe to the Associated Press wire um, and you subscribe to the Reuters wire wire. And then the New York Times stuff is part of those news wires. Um, so you can get them ahead of them actually going up on the site or in as near enough real time as possible. And you can pull it in there. So. Uh, tip, no Kamigawa love. Um, yes, I will. have. I, I- fact- yeah, I we actually were surprised. I have an allocation of Kamigawa. I've been told by our magic people that Kamigawa is going to be a big deal in the community. Um, I'll be selling it. We'll, we'll uh, see. It, let's let's it drops the, the the art is beautiful. Let's see how and it, the, let's see how it the, plays. The mechanical card previews that everybody's been reviewing has said it's supposed to be pretty good. Um, I'll have some pre-built decks and booster sets. At the store, which you guys can come see us. Yeah, at your local hobby shop. That's right. Yeah, We're, I'm 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 interested to see how well it flies because it's a you know, it's a Japanese inspired cyberpunk kind of. They're using the hashtag MTG Neon for crying out loud for this one. So it's a very different style for for Magic the Gathering. So I'm I'm excited. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna probably get some. So uh, right. is that it? That's it for tonight. Next week, because we've had some chat about it in the chat. Next week, it's all Book of Boba Fett, because it's the uh, series finale for uh, Book of Boba Fett slash Mandalorian Season 3 preview. (laughs) Uh, The best one I heard today was, uh, we're just going to start calling it Grogu and Friends. It... We'll get into the... We will get into this... uh, I'm assuming you've seen the episode for tonight, Alex? Yeah, I've seen it. Oh, by the way, spoilers for that thingy. Nope. No, 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 no. Yeah. Everywhere. Stay off like, social media if, if you... you don't want to know. Yeah. 
Dude, those things were up on TikTok by noon. Oof. Yeah, we're going to have a full Bubba, Book of Boba Fett recap next week. We're having lots of guests. We're going to try to, yeah. Well, well Joe's got to get the feeling better. We got people who we want to bring in. I think Michael still wants to come in and do uh, oh, that, one, that yeah. one as well. So we'll have a, we will have a full panel for next week's show. Probably an extended discussion. Probably an extended discussion because, boy, howdy, did this one take a left turn on us. And there's so much to discuss because of it. That's right. Uh, yeah. Hey, uh, for anybody who's local to the Seattle area, uh, and if you're listening to this on the podcast or the YouTube and you're in the Seattle area, we run weekly identical games at the Gamers Heaven in Linwood, Washington. Yep. Y'all should see us. It's 6 to 10 p.m. every Thursday. Okay. Uh, last week, we started and then Mallow jumped in. Yep. And ran that, ran that sucker. And it was great. It was a phenomenal session. Um, newcomers and experienced players are both welcome, but y'all should come. If you've wanted to play Identical or want to try it, yeah, swing by the store. I'm running tomorrow there. night, unless we have to split into two tables, and then we're going to both run tomorrow night, I think. Yes, so. but I think as long as we'll see. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I know. The numbers of people who have said they were coming already is, is scary in that, so we'll have to figure out how we're going to do this. But come one, We've come had- all. We'll figure it out. We've- You've done groups of 10. We're fine. It's fine. We'll figure it out. But we will both anyway. be there tomorrow night for the for the Identico night. Uh, yeah. It's always a good time. Come get some boba, sit down, and uh, cause some chaos with me. So Throw some dice with us. Yeah. And then uh, I apologize. It was my wife's birthday. That's why we had no Chaos Inc. this week. Yep. So we will be back in two weeks, I promise, with more Chaos Inc. on Monday nights. We will uh, we'll put up some more YouTube videos in the in the interim, probably on Monday. This will come up. Uh, look for us on Book of Boba Fett on uh, Wednesday. On next Wednesday. Sorry, my days got scrambled because I was supposed to be traveling this week too. Uh, until then, Friday and Saturday are going to be our off days. But uh, hit us up in the Discord or on the socials at Identico, just about anywhere. Uh, until then, uh, be good to yourselves, be good to each other, drink your water, take your vitamins. Uh, oh, Gator Pete just gave us a, uh, a gift sub right at the end. Oh, also, if you are, uh, you tell your friends about us because we've had a lot of people watching tonight and I appreciate that. Uh, we are looking to get to uh, a custom, uh, URL on YouTube. So I want to thank everybody that gave us subs tonight. Uh, so we got Gator Pete, we got Tip, we got Bit Player, uh, another one from Tip, the Neon Robot last week. We've also got some bits. So we need welcome hard, in subs, right? Yep, welcome in to the Whispering Woods. Uh, welcome in to uh, Sir Laugh a Lot. You know, appreciate all of that. So welcome in, welcome to the community. Uh, but if you haven't already, go to our YouTube channel, search Identico, I-D-E-N-T-E-C-O, into YouTube. You'll see our channel. It comes up. It's got the neon ID. Uh, I want to thank uh, Zane Reaver, Lancer Boy, even Evanissimo, uh, Trungbon, who was actually at my Identico game last week and enjoyed it. I'm, I really hope that he comes back this week with his hacker because that was fun. Uh, Identity Staff and Bellboss. Uh, I think actually I did Bellboss week before that, but thank you to our latest subs over on the YouTube channel as well. Uh, if you are in the podcast world, go over to our YouTube channel, hit that sub button, hit the bell so you uh, 
let us know and you never miss a video from us and then just throw us a shout out on there so we can thank you as well uh give us reviews on spotify apple music all of the places you get uh you get your podcast uh, i think i actually just we're on podcast attic now too i got an email from them uh so just you know give us some reviews give us some shout outs we'll give you a shout out as well and thank you uh for all of that so uh we appreciate it so much uh this channel has grown so much since we started it so uh and it's all because of you all out there so uh until then uh have fun be safe out there and stay weird okay yes ah! good night everybody